course I hit record. Did I have anything open? Am I ready to actually record? Of course not. Of course not. Ray, this day. Hey, man. This, I'm Jesus. right there with you. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 211 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray, it's been a day. (laughs) As my boss likes to say, compartmentalization, baby. (laughs) Let's geek out for an hour and a half. (laughs) Seriously, how you been? I've been good, man. I mean, you know, considering, uh, you know, it looks like society's crumbling out there. (laughs) (laughs) Besides that. (laughs) There's there's days where I'm like, I I wish... We had. I still was doing State of the Geek, and then oh. like five or six seconds later, I'm like, no, no, I really, I really, <laughs> really glad I am not doing State of the Geek anymore. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh. um, yeah. But no, I mean things are okay. You know, I'm. It, it's all. I feel like every time we, you know, sort of talk about things, there, there's a, there's a huge grain of salt. You know, that's like yeah, we're, yeah. Kind of, we're kind of leaning back against going, no, things are fine. Things are fine. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, relatively, right? Yes, right. Um, you know, um, Rosie and I are settling into cohabitating, you know, in our apartment, which I'm very happy about. Uh, the plants, Excellent. The plant, my, my plants have doubled, which I'm super happy about. <laughs> and, and they're all doing fine. Um the cats are in, are in good spirits. No one's ankles are getting scratched or anything like that. Excellent, uh, excellent. You know, and we're gearing up for the start of the new semester. So I know last time we spoke, you, you know, you're back in class. Um, I will maybe be back in class soon and we're going to be, you know, wrapping up the previous uh, recruitment season and diving headfirst into the next recruitment season. There's really no stop. It just no, no, no <laughs> stop. Right it in, constantly goes. <laughs> yep, yep. How how has your classroom fared since last we spoke? Oh, uh, I'm I'm so tired, Ray. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I was I like anybody at my formal former place of business. Um should never complain about the students ever again. I should have never complained about the students ever again. I love my current students. They are very entertaining. Um, classroom management takes a hell of a lot of energy. Hey, listen, listen, I jumped at the chance to sub at iPoly every single time I got the call. You know that, you <laughs> yes. know that. Cause I didn't only sub at iPoly, although I was lucky enough to, you know, sub their lots during my career, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, <laughs> iPoly was a day off. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get like I have a group of boys in my second period stagecraft class who I I absolutely love them because they're funny and they're ridiculous mm-hmm. and I just want them to shut up and sit down. <laughs> like that's all I want from them. Mm-hmm. They are like and and the thing that I, I notice with my population, and I, I noticed this back in the day at iPoly, but I a lot of these kids just they like attention. Mm-hmm. Like if you give them positive attention, mm-hmm. they you know they they 
they don't realize or they're not purposely trying to be disrespectful or rude, even though they're running around your classroom crazy. They're like right. boxing with each other. They're yes. like mess ha- rough housing and everything. Like they're not doing that. It's not an against me thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so many teachers get frustrated with that and they're like, they're being disrespectful. Yeah. But they're not trying to be disrespectful to you. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a very high energy kind of Tasmanian devilish sort of. Oh my, that's a perfect way of putting it. It's a yeah. perfect way of putting it. And it's like, sometimes you'll have one, like I have one in my theater, one class who just won't shut up. Like there's obviously he's on the spectrum somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like he just won't shut up. And, and so, you know, we ignore what we can, we comment on what's not going to be disruptive. And then um, we, we correct the behaviors that absolutely have to be corrected. But yeah. That's one. <laughs> that's one kid i've yeah. got four in the very first class of the day Ooh. and i'm just like just sit just, right just, like today i taught them because i i teach stage movement to all my classes including my stagecraft because if i need a hammer and it is upstage right i'm not gonna and i'm holding a light i cannot point i need to say the hammer's upstage right go get it Mm-hmm. So I took the four kids and I was like, so and so go stage right, upstage right, so and so go upstage left, so and so go downstage right, so and so go downstage left. So now they're in the four corners of the stage. Mm. <laughs> I looked at them, I'm like, I looked at the rest of the class, and I'm like, and that's what we call classroom management. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of the four got it, but he thought it was pretty amusing. <laughs> Ooh, so that's your coffee. Basically, that that is that is my coffee in the morning, and then the next two classes are are a lot better. Um, did I tell you about the paper airplanes? Yes, you did. Yes. Okay. All right. So we we had the discussion about the paper airplanes. That's cool. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, we won't repeat that. But yeah. So you know, I mean, it's 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 definitely a change. I do love not having to teach English because if if I had to do this with a subject that none of us wanted to be there for. Right. <laughs> that makes it a bad day. Right. But at least it's like like one of the kids today asked me like in the stagecraft class, he's like, Why don't you teach theater if you like this stuff so much? I'm like, I I, I do teach theater. <laughs> like, first of all, you are in a theater class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but you know, the acting stuff. Um, yeah, after lunch I teach acting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that when I so brazenly asked you such an error question. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. Wow. That, that just, you know, reminds me of, of those uh, classroom environments where you just know that, you know, unfortunately, maybe some of the students are just not getting the support and attention that they require. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so the teachers, unfortunately, sort of bear the brunt of that because your boots on the ground and you have to do what you can to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to create an environment that suits them but also you know obviously importantly uh allows you to do the work that you're there to do right and it's man that's such a juggling act jeez (laughs) my my all-time favorite is when you have one of the four kids that's just like jumping off the walls and you're correcting somebody else who's just talking (laughs) and you're like hey guys you know i'm talking can you can you be a little respectful and they stand up and they're like, yeah, give respect to the teacher. And then five <laughs> seconds later, they're talking to their friends. like, And they fully mean it when they say that. Like, yeah, for sure. Saying, like, they are fully like, why are you disrespecting my teacher like that? Not even making the connection that they're talking is the exact same thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that used to really, you know, what, what would exasperate me about that is when I was a substitute in those scenarios is I'm like, you, you know, this lesson or this learning environment is obviously not necessarily geared towards your strengths. And there's nothing I can do about that. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you obviously learn by doing and by social engagement and not by sitting still and listening to a lecture or whatnot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's totally valid. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, a lot of our schools just, you know, through lack of resources or whatnot, just are not equipped to, to always foster different types of learning like that. Now in, you know, maybe private schools or more well-funded areas. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is yeah, I, typically I am teaching something that can be interactive, but you got to give me five minutes of attention to give you the theory behind it before right. I can send you on your way. Just, sure. just hold on for 15 minutes. Yes. I promise you could do something fun. You just got to give you know, it's not going to happen. All right. Dude, let's, listen. Let's, Throw stuff at you and do the kinetic <laughs> learning. You're going to figure it out eventually. It's fine. My last year as a teacher, I was teaching a whole semester in Boyle Heights, and I had to teach world history, no, government, uh, to a group of, it was a mix of junior high and high school students. <coughs> and oh, that's uh, awful. The most, yeah, <laughs> the most, we were, we were going over different systems of government and the most productive day or lesson that I had with them, I brought a soccer ball into the classroom mm-hmm. and I had them line up. And as they were repeating a, a, a form of government, I was rolling the ball to them so they could kick it lightly back to me. Right. Or I would like, like, you know, bounce it off my head to them and they had to sort of like head the ball back to me while answer. And it just gave them something to do. It was not connected to the lesson whatsoever. But I, <laughs> Joe, I literally was like, oh my God, like we need to do something with this energy. Like I didn't, I was at my wits end. I didn't know what to do. So I feel for you, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's why this lesson, like I was trying to give them the types of theater, and because they're going to be designing soon, and they need to know what spaces they're going to be working with, mm. and I need them to learn the the stage directions. So I gave them the theater types, and that was like trying to shove, <laughs> like it's like just get the information in there. It's fine. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> and then we get to the theater, and now all of a sudden, like they can move and they're getting frustrated with the kids that haven't figured out where to go yet. Oh God. Because they picked it up real quick. <laughs> like, Oh, you want me to go upstage? Right? Yeah. It's the actor's right. It's up here. Yeah. Um, and then, and then somebody will go the wrong way. Cause they haven't been pay- paying attention at all. Yo fool. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? That's not the right way. It's over here. So you know that they're learning it, yes. but it, like sitting in the classroom is just not their jam. No, it's also the opportunity for them to gloat because you know they're they don't. First of all, they don't want to look foolish and get it wrong. So the idea of learning something new where they could possibly get something wrong in front of everyone is like a no go. I'd I'd rather not learn it than chance. You know, being that's wrong the entirety of my theater one class. My theater yes. one class is like I'm not going to get up and do those simple stretches with you because if I do it wrong, everybody's going to notice and I will be mortified and die right. Yes, yeah, so I'd rather just not do it. And then the next thing is once they get it right, it's their opportunity to slam dunk on anyone. Who <laughs> <laughs> that's it exactly right and then, dude, yeah 
And then there's this other level where it's like even wanting something, literally having an aspiration or a dream or a goal is, is not something that a lot of young students in this position can even like admit to because, you know, the, and I know because I, you know, I grew up in <laughs> similar neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. The idea there is, unfortunately, it's not, yes, you can, you know, dream, think, you know, aim high, you can do anything you want. It's actually not. It's actually the opposite. It's don't you dare have a dream or a goal because who do you think you are? You're mm-hmm. not, you're nothing. You're not going to do it. You're not going to achieve it. You're foolish to even have such a goal you know what i mean and so well, that, that blew my mind because on friday i did a, an exercise with the kids in theater my advanced theater class and we do something i think i've talked about the empathy project on here before and on this one they do what's called a self-walk which is basically a play play quiet music we put on like moody lights mm-hmm. and they walk around the space and they they ponder the question who am i and it's like that sounds very heady but one of the girls explained it best. I'm always defined as a daughter or a sister or an employee or a student. And so it's hard to strip away all of that and say, okay, but who am I without all of those points of references that rely on other people or other things? Yeah. So we, they finished the, the self walk and I, you know, they don't have to answer the question to me. They can do it in their journal. But I said, does anybody want to share how they feel? And one of the girls said, you know, I kept thinking, you know, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And I don't know. And it's kind of one of those things where I, and she's very articulate. So this is a very, very Mm -hmm. educated, very um, intelligent, well-spoken young woman. Mm -hmm. And she says, I, the idea of me having a career and a family and a life beyond high school is so outside my ability to imagine mm-hmm. that I just like, like it's hard to stay motivated because what am I doing this for? I don't have this forethought of what life is going to be like in the future. Right. I can't even comprehend it. So I can't, muster the motivation now mm-hmm. other than this is just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And it's like, my, like, and I'm like, how, how many of you, and of course I'm trying to keep it together. I'm not trying to show that I'm shocked by this or anything. Yeah. And I'm like, well, does anybody else feel this way? And like three quarters of the class raise their hand. And I'm like, well, there's the educational problem. Yeah. <laughs> problem solved. They can't see the future, so they have no motivation to do it. Yes. I mean, that's the that's the seed of imposter syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. where you find yourself at the private art school like I did or wherever. And even though you're there and even though you're doing it, it takes a life sometimes a lifetime to convince yourself that you do belong there and you're, you're not an imposter and they're not going to find you out that you're a fraud or that you're not good enough or not. But man, that stuff. Yeah. That shit's really like, that's the real problem right there. You know, it's, yeah. it's the mentality and it's absorbed, you know, and, and this is why, you know, pe- people like to sort of 
some people I know like to sort of, you know, sarcastically crack jokes about like, oh, you think everything is racism's fault. And I'm like, it's actually a cause of a lot more problems than you think, you know, like a lot of it is absorbed and unspoken and just there. But it's that feeling of like, yeah, I know you're telling me I can be anything I want in the McDonald's commercial or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, that's not like, what I can, see. It's, it's can I? Can yeah, I? Exactly. Can I really? Kids are not dumb. Kids know. Kids learn in so many different ways and they absorb information in so many different ways. You know, we can't BS them. Cannot BS teenagers. You cannot. No, you cannot. No, not at all. No, you cannot. They they see right through you. Yeah. And they'll ask those questions that you do not want to answer or want to be asked in the first place. They will they will find those questions. Uh, the, she oh, she finished the conversation with, and thank you, Mr. Hogan, because I'm going to be pondering this stupid question all freaking weekend. Why would you choose a Friday afternoon after a full week of why why did you do this to us and we're all laughing because you know she's she's laughing and she's saying it and i said well would it make it feel make you feel better because i know i know i know this i have done this lesson before i was like would it make you feel better to know that there are donuts in the in the booth and she goes yes yes it would i'm like i would not send you after an emotional uh roller coaster of an assignment like this home for the weekend without sugar so go get a donut <laughs> nice good call oh my god so that's <laughs> yeah so that's so that's where we're at i mean it's like i i do i do love my job i do love the kids i'm just tired yeah, man. <laughs> like, it is not easy and then add to the fact that last week was the full first full week i have been at school with students since march of 2020 wow Wow, I can barely go grocery shopping. <laughs> I'm so used to being quarantined. That skill again. I'm so used to being, you know, kind of away from like social interaction like that. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Jeez. It's hard. People always ask me, you know, why, you know, if I love subbing so much, why did I never want to teach you credential? I'm like, that's a damn lifestyle. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> there's really oh, yeah. no other way to do it. And I'm so committed to art that I knew I wouldn't be able to give it its due. You know, it really mm-hmm. is a, a lifestyle choice to be a, a good teacher. <sighs> well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you get any geek time in this week? Um, not a lot. Uh, things are, you know, kind of cracking down at work right now. Um, I did geek out partially by repotting most of my house plants and, going full on plant nerd for a day um but i was really excited to watch what if almost forgot that it was on like these marvel properties are coming hard and fast (laughs) (laughs) dude it's a lot but i i jumped online and or i jumped on youtube and right away saw a reaction video and i was like oh that's right it's live so we set aside some time to watch it which we're going to discuss today but uh, I won't get into the you know the the meat of the of the show yet, but I will say that um, I had a massive sort of nerding out moment this week, where uh, as I was watching the first episode of what of Marvel's What If, there was something about the animation. That just I mean I remember you and I briefly touched on this when the first trailer came out. 
Mm-hmm. I think was it was it with Rob? I think we talked about it, but I remember I so yeah. I remember saying that I really liked the animation style. And I think Rob said like he wasn't too crazy about it, uh, but you know he would give it a chance. And I said, yeah, I can't tell. It's it's not anime. It's it's digital. You can tell it's kind of three, but it's not. What there's something about it. And watching the first full episode, it it hit me like right in the middle of the episode. I immediately was like, oh my god. This is this is Adam Hughes' style, mm-hmm. and Adam Hughes, for those of you that don't know, is a very very popular comic book artist that has been around since the '90s. He first came to kind of like a lot of popularity during like the Bad Girl era of the '90s, which we won't talk too much about. Uh, mm-hmm. But Adam Hughes was known for drawing voluptuous women, and then he was known for this like really Art Deco influenced style, where he was doing a lot of like Alphonse Mucha type, you know, decorations and stuff, and and mm-hmm. even the outlines of his characters and the proportions and whatnot felt like that. Um, and and I mean, he's got other influences as well, but. Uh, he started to blend these different influences, like he's got a Norman Rockwell influence as well, into this this digital drawing and painting style where it looks his work looks very crisp and very clean, uh, sort of you know manga influence as well. There, it's just an undeniable style. Like when you see it, you know it. He, you know, he became extremely popular for his covers and his pinups. I remember the last time I went to Comic-Con, his, his line, like his cue for, for original work immediately filled up. Like in the first half hour of Comic-Con, he's booked for the week, the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, two, three, four hundred bucks for an image. Um, and anyway, um, it's a very signature style. Lots of artists have been influenced by it since, you know, he sort of became very popular with it. Um, and, and so he has a couple of, I wouldn't say clones, but definitely younger artists that are obviously influenced by his style. Right. But this, this animation style to me, to my eyes is like spot on, you know, Adam Hughes style. Marvel has taken it and they've animated it. And so I tweeted that. And I tagged him, <laughs> I tagged Marvel, I tagged What If, and I was like, hey, kind of sarcastically, so is Adam being compensated for this? Like, he's basically, like, his art is the vision board for this, <laughs> like, is right. the, style, the reference board, sorry, the style board for this show. And this motherfucker retweeted me and responded, <laughs> and I freaked out, like, you would think... Like I was a you know a teenager at Shea Stadium or like fucking on TRL with Carson Daly. <laughs> like <laughs> the way I was geeking out, dude, and like Rosie's looking at me like, "Are you okay? Like you're really excited about this." <laughs> and uh, so it was it was a really cool moment for me to kind of have this interaction with you know one of my favorite artists that I, whose work I've loved since the '90s, and uh, his response was kind of <laughs> was pretty funny. He said, uh, no, they didn't, but for $7.99 a month, I can watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I saw, I was so happy for you because I saw your, I saw your geeking out about it before I saw the actual tweet. So I went to go see it. I was like, oh, what did he say? And like, for me, it seemed like the perfect Ray interaction. Like, (laughs) like you set, you set the serve up perfectly for him to just spike the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was cool. And then I saw, because I previously wasn't following him on Twitter, so I started following him. 
And I saw that he has almost a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Wow. And I said, oh no. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I've just opened the door here. <laughs> and uh sure enough, you know, uh and, and I'm not complaining, but the, the MCU stands uh are very fierce defenders of <laughs> of Marvel. And so what what kind of, you know, it was a was a light poking sarcastic criticism of of you know the latest MCU show was met with some very staunch defenders uh complete strangers people that I do not know but you know the internet being what it is just you know feel free to jump into my mentions and tell me how <laughs> wrong I am and what an idiot I am <laughs> for having such a thought and sharing it on social media <laughs> I I so hope that some of them did that before they looked at your content and then went and looked at your content. I went, oh, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that I think I, I tried my best to, I you know, it was what would Joe do kind of thing. I, oh. tr- I tried my best to kind of uh, uh, have some like provide some like thoughtful not necessary like full-on reactionary responses to some of the the comments mm-hmm. because you know I, I try to keep in mind okay if this person if this stranger was saying to me to this in per- saying this to me in person I would have a much different reaction <laughs> but it's just sort of the uh, for for better or worse it's just sort of the mode of communication on the internet especially with a particular subset of geek, right? Like right, right. the kind of geek that follows Adam Hughes and loves Marvel and is going to jump into someone's mentions to defend the MCU's honor. Right. <laughs> right? Over possibly not compensating creators, you know, artists that are, that are due, you know, some sort of compensation. Uh, so yeah, it was an interesting afternoon. <laughs> uh, into night, into nighttime, and I think uh, with you know some of the like, because right away you get people going. I don't see it. And it's just like, uh, okay, thank you for coming to my Twitter feed to say <laughs> you just that's it. You're not offering any conversation, any sort of you know discussion, or just no, just no, wrong, and just like moving on. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, don't feed the trolls. Like I'm just gonna leave them alone, you know. And then there was people saying, you know, actually somebody pointed out something that I was really um, happy about, and that was that there is actually an influence there that I had never really noted before, but uh, they pointed out that Adam Hughes' work has a Fleischer animation studio influence as well. And I was like, oh, shit, I've never seen that. And that is spot on. So there was there was a cool conversation there to be had, you know, with some people. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated uh, it's Rich Rich Wagoner at Rich Wagoner on uh, on Twitter had that pointed that out. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. Good call. Even especially pointed out the look of the Red Skull and how. In some scenes, uh, he was a dead ringer for the mad scientist from the Superman cartoon, the Fleischer's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. This is the cool thing about Twitter interaction. (laughs) You can learn some stuff from your fellow geeks that you otherwise wouldn't come in contact with. But then you'd get stuff like, you know, 
this idiot, you know, like what <laughs> if if you're stupid enough to sign that contract, well then you're stupid enough to get, you know, to get taken advantage of by a corporation that's like, uh no, like what <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand the defenders of like massive corporations that screw people over, but okay. Uh so yeah, it it was a <laughs> that was my weekly geekery for the week. It was uh, an interesting afternoon. I geeked out later that night. Adam Hughes did uh, de- de- uh, delete his retweet, and I think the vibe that I got from that after some of the conversations that I was having was probably mercy on his part. <laughs> like, oh no, I've you know, I've, I've maybe you know, sicked some <laughs> some of my not so nice followers onto this poor guy. Um, some people and he had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> he, I, yeah, he did not right? look at your content close enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> some other people also pointed out that um, you know the actual credited uh, uh, designer of these characters and the look of this MCU show. Her name is Amelia Vidal, and she's uh, a really cool artist. I started following her as well, and she's very talented. People were like, hey, give the person, you know, their due credit who did this. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, absolutely right. Um, And then I, you know, still thought, well, looking at the rest of her original work and looking at the What If show, it still looks way more like Adam Hughes's work. But, I mean, that's not the individual artist's, you know, fault either. Like, this is a this is a Marvel show. Like, there's a lot of people deciding the direction of this of this content. Right. 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 Uh, And so, you know, shoot. Uh, all all power to the artists that are involved and they're making this cool, you know, show and making this cool content for us. But I just had, I, I wanted to point out that, you know, I saw immediately that Adam Hughes influence and obviously so did he, otherwise he wouldn't have retweeted my, my tweet. Right, right, right. Which yeah, was really it was, cool. It was not an against the artist that did it. It was a for the artist that obviously had some influence on that artist. Yes. So, you know. Yes. So shout out to everyone. Uh, who interacted with that tweet and uh, I'll give a more substantial shout out at the end of the episode. But yeah, that was my weekly geekery. Excellent. So we'll hopefully we'll get a whole bunch of new followers from all that interaction and, (laughs) (laughs) and we'll just have to take the trolls as they come. If that happens to be what we get. Heck yeah, man. I'm going to, I'm definitely tagging this show to that tweet when, uh, when it comes out. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. Very cool. Um, I, I, the only thing I have, and I'm going to promote it here because I don't know how many people actually make it to the end of our shows because they can be long. Um, I have been completely geeking out about Dungeons and Dragons this weekend. Um, next weekend I am doing a, uh, charity event with, um, a bunch of people from the network on, um, Bamashock stream. We're going to do, he's going to DM a, solo adventure, not a solo adventure, a one-shot adventure for a bunch of us. Kelly Hightower is involved. Uh, Todd and his sister, Lindsay, from the Nerdberg Review are involved. Um, Bama's wife is joining us. And like, we're just like, I, I was so excited to, I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons in months. And so I geeked out about making my character and I watched all these videos to see how to like, make it really good, but not like, like overpower it because I don't want to be that guy. And so like, we've been doing all sorts of like geeking out about 
Dungeons and Dragons. So that's been the big thing I'm doing. If you want to watch it, it is next Saturday, which is the 21st, I think. And it'll be 11 o'clock Pacific. I'm going to just check to make sure I'm not giving you the wrong information. So it's the 21st. Uh, it's the Extra Life Charity RP event for geek to geek Media. Um, it will be on, I think, both the geek to geek Media Twitch stream and the and Bamashok's personal stream. I'm not sure about that, but I definitely know it will be on one, and I think the other one will direct to it. And we're raising money for Extra Life, which is a... Uh, organization that raises money for local children's hospitals. Ooh. Yeah. You, who did you say is DMing it? Uh, Bama Shocks. Right, right. When I first heard that, I thought he's direct messaging it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> he's, dungeon <mastering. laughs> he's dungeon mastering it. Um, yeah, so it should be fun. And one shots are always fun because, like, there's no. Like your character can die by the end and it's not a big deal because like it's just a one shot. Like it's not gonna go anywhere. You don't have to keep these characters alive for for you know, game after game after game after game. And so you can do a lot of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily do because you're like, Well, I'm never gonna use this power again, so I might as well use it now. And uh yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I'm I'm really, 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 really excited about it. Sounds great. All right. Well, let's hop over to our commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what if. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back, and we're talking about the first episode of What If. Uh, we were going <laughs> to – we keep putting off our interview with, with Raven. <laughs> with Raven? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the, you, you've had a couple of weekends that got really busy, and even – like, so we were just going to do it, Raven and I, yesterday. And she says, um, there's emergency uh, – construction going on here and i don't think you want the background noise <laughs> so we yeah so we decided we would put it off one more week which is fine because that means we get to, to talk about what if yeah that's right uh it's so funny because you know i watched it on wednesday night i believe or maybe it was thursday afternoon we watched it and i i knew that we were going to be talking about it this week and I knew that there was going to be another episode out before we talked about it. So I didn't really watch it with the podcast in mind. Mm-hmm. I just sort of enjoyed it, you know, geeked out with Rosie and was like, that was cool. And then that was it. And I didn't really think about it again. And so when you yesterday messaged me and was like, hey, can we talk about what if tomorrow? I was like, sure. 
I like, this morning I woke up and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna say. Like, I, <laughs> what? Like, it was a half hour cartoon. It was cool. That's all I have. And uh, so, and then you know, it's just been busy and all kinds of stuff going on. My head's not really in like hasn't been in geek out podcast mode. And so I'm like, shit, I don't know if I can bring the energy or the like opinions to like sustain a podcast episode on this. And so, of course, this afternoon after lunch, I went ahead and watched some of the YouTube breakdowns. And now I'm looking at my notes going, oh, I don't think we can fit all this in today's <laughs> Well, we can, we can pick up some of it in two weeks. Yeah, for sure. What about you? Uh, what was your, what was your uh, initial sort of, you know, a reaction to the show or, or your reaction to it this week as, as you kind of thought about it and processed it? Well, I was so, first of all, I was frustrated because I couldn't watch the damn thing. <laughs> I didn't have time Wednesday, didn't have time Thursday, didn't have time Friday. And then I was like in the middle of class and I was, I was getting ready for class. And I was like, you know what? Fridays are the days that my kids in stagecraft don't have as much to do because we're waiting for the slow pokes to catch up with their projects. So I've got some that are just starting because they don't take classwork seriously. I've got some that are completely done, have been for two days. And then I've got those that are just finishing up. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, perfect time for me to maybe just show them, you know, a video or have something on in the background to hold the attention of the kids who don't have anything to do. Yeah. It's just it's just the nature of this particular class. This is how it ran when we were on online, and it's it's just the way this kind of type of class works. Um, if you're if you were an art teacher, you would have the same problem. Like half the class is caught up, and then there's the stragglers, and there are people who finished it and have done two more um, art pieces since then because they just love it. Yeah. So I went on, and I have watched over the summer. I have watched streaming on my big wonderful view sonic at school i have i have watched all sorts of things all of a sudden everything is blocked oh. <laughs> it's like how 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 why when i'm trying to like i figured i'm going to be the coolest teacher ever because we're going to watch what if episode 1 in class today like this is like I am, I am reaching epic teacher yep. status at this point. Yup. No, we ended up watching um, uh, Spider Man Homecoming because it was actually I I could access it, <laughs> but because I guess my my Prime stuff worked. But I didn't end up seeing What If till yesterday. Oh wow! So wait, yeah, the Prime stuff worked, but not the Disney Plus stuff. No, the Prime stuff worked. Well, I mean, I can't stream from Prime unless I've bought the bought it, and I happen to have bought Homecoming. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Huh? Maybe it's this. Is it the school like firewall, like sort of parental control things? I'm assuming that's what it is. I'm yeah. assuming that's what it is. That's funny. In that case, Prime should not be working, but it is. So, all right. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't get to watch it until yesterday, and I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I think I was a little bit where you are, where I feel like there's more coming, so it's a little hard to just judge it on this episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like we saw what the, the animation is going to look like, which I thought was really cool. I feel like we understand the tone that they're going for, which feels like very 
like adventure like swashbuckly, like, you know, it, it feels lighter and, you know, it, I don't know, maybe it's because it's animated, but I feel like the overall tone of the story and the characters also feels lighter and, and more fun yeah. and not as, you know what I mean? Like not as deep as like, right. say like WandaVision with the emotional arc or like, you know, cat uh, or Falcon and the winter soldier with like the political stuff. Right. Right. Um, so that's cool, you know, and it's yeah. kind of more or less what I expected. Were you able to uh, watch any of the breakdowns? I wasn't. I wasn't. So I was hoping you did get a chance to see a couple. Um, oh, I, actually, I, I saw one. I saw one and I like they said like the post the post credit scene, but I didn't feel like the post credit scene was post anything. I thought it was just the last scene. Oh yeah, are they talking about uh, the uh, spoilers? Everyone, are they talking about uh, when she shows up in what we know as the beginning of Avengers One? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe they're just yeah. I don't know why they would call it a post credit scene. Um, yeah, there's I there's a lot to take in here where I was sort of doing some digging and just looking at you know the choices that were made in terms of the story, because this is, this is somewhat a story that we are familiar with because it's Steve's story. Right. Um, but they make really interesting choices in terms of like what is similar and what they change and how and why the characters change too. So first of all, this is like our official introduction to the watcher, which We've seen the, the Watchers before in like a, a Stan Lee gag in one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, right? Right. But this is like we're now meeting Uatu and he's the Watcher that we know from the comics that, you know, um, his, his, he sort of bookends really important stories in the Marvel Comics universe. Um, somebody described the watcher as his job is to monitor alternate realities, but I don't remember that being the case from the comics. I think in the comics, Uatu just shows up to let us know that we're about to watch some fucking shit go down. Yeah. He, he's supposed to be present to, to watch and kind of record, um, big events. Right, right. Exactly. Big events. It's not just like. Uh, he's watching everything all the time because that's what the watchers do, but he really only pops up and makes himself visible when we know some really serious shit is going to happen. <laughs> he is basically the Michael Jackson eating popcorn gif. <laughs> he really is. Like when stuff. Somebody make that. Down. Yes. <laughs> Somebody make that meme, please. If you, I, I don't have the time, but I will if I have to <laughs> make that fucking meme. Oh my God. Okay. I mean, uh, that's, that's what it is. It's because because in the comics, it's not subtle. It's like people are doing stuff and they'll look over and they'll go, okay, obviously what's happening right now is big because Watu is just standing there staring at us creepily. Like that is yes. what happens in the comic books. Yes. And in the comic books, I guess he operates from the blue area of the moon. Right. Which, which I didn't – I never realized that because that, that place has importance in other – Marvel properties, right? Isn't that a big Fantastic Four location? I think it's a big X-Men location. 
And I also think it might be an inhuman location. Yes, it is. And it's an inhuman. It's, it, 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 apparently there's oxygen there and trees grow and all that shit. So that's the blue area of the moon. Um, what's interesting, what I thought was interesting was at first, because, you know, I'm, I'm starting the episode and I'm going, oh, yeah, the Watcher. That's right. That's, you know, they got um, Jeffrey Wright to voice the Watcher. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, is that eternity? Because, like, he's all, like, his body is made up of, like, the darkness of space with, like, all the stars and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why is he giving, like, eternity vibes here? Like, that's supposed to be the Watcher. But it, I wonder if they combined those two or if they, like, are going to make eternity look different whenever we finally get eternity, you know, and all the other cosmic beings. I think it was an art choice. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a... combining of eternity because that's an interesting choice because it so obviously looks like eternity doesn't eternity is one of my favorite character concept designs in the entire mcu i just think the idea of just like the silhouette with the entire universe in it is just so cool it's such a big idea right it really which which i mean uh, one of the things I absolutely hate about space is how just vast and, and like you can't you can't mentally comprehend infinity like you right. just can't and so I guess it makes me feel a little bit better because I'm like well it's just contained in this guy <laughs> it's, it's right here <laughs> uh, and you know we got a, an allusion to eternity in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two as well right where Peter mm-hmm. Quill I believe like is experiencing like you know his his uh celestial powers like full force and he looks up and you see and you know the camera zooms into his eyeball and it turns all black with the space and he whispers eternity and a lot of people are thinking oh we got ego the living planet and now we got sort of like a nod at the character eternity in this movie so Eh, you know these these cosmic beings. Marvel, I think, is letting us know they're they're out here. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was a cool opening. Um, the big change, obviously, the thing that that sets this what if episode on its path and diverges it from the the reality, the history that we know, is that Peggy decides not to go into the booth, mm-hmm. and that changes everything, right? Yep. Uh, and it's kind of a throwaway line in the in the first Captain America movie. Like I don't remember that at all. I was like, uh, if you had asked me before this, hey, so was Peggy in the booth, up in the booth, or was she down? And I would have been like, I don't fucking remember. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I like it's such a small little change, but I think that's the whole point of what if is like these tiny yeah. little changes make such a big difference. And you know. Captain Carter is a fucking badass character, first of all. <laughs> really just, is. Really. Like, let me just preface what I'm about to say with, with that, okay? I'm a fan of Captain Carter. Awesome fucking character. Um, but would you say, Joe, that, you know, had Peggy gone up into the booth and Steve Rogers remained the one to get the super soldier serum, that things would be objectively better? <laughs> and the the reason I say that is because Peggy stays down on the experiment, the, the laboratory floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, she's there to sort of like stop the Hydra agent, which she shoots in the laboratory as opposed to, you know, Steve chasing him down in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the Hydra agent shoots Steve, <laughs> 
kills the, the German doctor and kills Colonel Phillips, Tommy Lee Jones' character, which mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones survived <laughs> in the first one. And, you know, Steve obviously wasn't shot. So it's like, I don't know. I kind of feel like, wow, more more people die this way. Right. What do you think about that? Um, it, it, It's there's so many ripple effects that it has where you're like, well, this is cool, but that kind of sucks. Like, cause my thing is, is like, we're not getting, we're not getting cool winter soldier Bucky mm-hmm. because he's not, he doesn't fall off the train. He doesn't fall off the train. She catches, which him. is, which is great because we don't get evil winter soldier Bucky, but we also don't get cool winter soldier Bucky. So like, <laughs> yeah, like it's a toss yeah. up. Um, I think I think having Steve be the first Iron Man is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like that made me so happy because it's kind of like, like I was worried it was going to be like, oh well, then Steve. First, I thought he was going to die. <laughs> I was like, well, that's that's what if for you. Like that's how yeah. that's how what if works. Like I, I should take a moment and say that what if is my one of my favorite properties second only to exiles because exiles is basically what if on crack. Yeah. <laughs> right. I always loved what if comics and just the idea of it, that that even existed. And that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved that growing up. Well, uh, the fact that the fact that we currently have a series for a called what know, if that is canon in the MCU is driving me insane. Yeah, it's fucking great. And you're right about the ripple effects because, you know, I think one of the choices for, you know, that, that they made in having Colonel Phillips uh, be killed is that it creates this dynamic with Peggy where Colonel Flynn takes over. And as we know from like the Peggy Carter uh, one shot, um, you know, he's a misogynist. He's an extreme misogynist. I, he made me so angry. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, it's that, that privilege of not having to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you <laughs> know, you're just sitting there going, I, I like, <laughs> I can't ignore it. It's so blatantly awful. <laughs> Yes, so awful. And unfortunately, probably like accurately represents like attitudes at the time. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's and you don't want to go, well, it was that time. Yeah. But it was I, I think my reaction was more like, wow, like it really sucked back then. <laughs> right, right. But in the movie, Tommy Lee Jones's Colonel Phillips uh backs Peggy and respects mm-hmm. her. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the choice was made here to create kind of an antagonistic dynamic between Captain Carter and the military that was going to be working with her, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, another ripple effect is that Howard Stark gets his hands on the Tesseract sooner than in the, the MCU that we know. Right. So Hydra never has the opportunity to make weapons based on the Tesseract, but the allies do, as we see in the uh, the Hydra Stomper, which is what uh, Steve's armor is called. Right. Which is, like, I just like that dynamic of him flying around in this armor. Because, okay, I was starting to say that. Like, first of all, you get he gets shot, and you're like, oh, no, he's going to die. But he doesn't die. Yeah. And then you're like, well, it feels like it's just not going to be... Like, he's just like, that's it. Like, his, yeah. his chance is over. <laughs> yeah. But I love the fact that it's like 
it makes complete sense. Like he just never friggin' gives up. Yeah. He can he can do this all day. He <laughs> so, finds a way to contribute. He finds a way to, to, you know, be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. So I couldn't be the super soldier. Awesome. What's my next option? Like what like what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Like it 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 made me feel like they were really thinking through how these would affect all the characters. Yeah. And I love that. And it makes me wonder too, it makes you wonder if Tony was aware that maybe Howard Stark had a prototype of the armor in mind way, way, way before he was stuck in a cave. Yeah, that is a good point because it's a little too convenient. Right. Well, he just, he didn't have the power source for it, Mm -hmm. you know, because I I thought it was super cool that they made Steve's armor look like the, the Mach one armor from the beginning of Iron Man. Yeah. Um, that was a nice touch, I thought. And it kind of looked like the Iron Monger suit, actually. Did you notice that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely a little bit. <laughs> so God, I forgot about that character. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fucking Jeff Bridges, man. That was great. Uh, I love that Marvel just gets these like really good actors to come in and like do these like one-off villains. You know, we we get to we get we get the benefit of that. I feel like we're probably not gonna see them again, but man, that was you know, they make them fucking cool. Yeah. I was just reminiscing about um, Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, Mysterio because uh, Rosie and I watched another Jake Gyllenhaal movie this weekend. And mm-hmm. she was like, he's so good at playing like, f- like fucking crazy dudes. <laughs> and I'm like, he plays crazy well. Yeah, he does. And I just thought, God, we, I can't believe we got Mysterio, first of all. And I can't believe we got fucking Jake Gyllenhaal to play him. That's awesome. Uh, but anyway, b- back to what if. Um, so... This was one theory. The theories are already starting, Joe. Mm -hmm. This was a theory that I really liked that I heard from E-Man. E-Man's movie reviews on YouTube. Um, This this alternate reality, this multiverse that we're witnessing, right? Where Peggy uh, decides to not go up in the booth and that decision changes everything, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are we certain... That up until that point, everything is exactly the same. Interesting. Because he points out how different the world tree looks. Oh. And it shows us different things. It has a little mini tesseract in there. It has different tentacles. It just looks because, you know, of course, people are are putting these shots side by side with Captain America, the first Avenger. And a lot of it is like, they use the same storyboards, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. But the the differences are kind of like, they jump out at you at that point. And it's like, why are they giving us these differences? So that was something I hadn't considered that I really thought was fun to think about. Yeah. Because it could have been that, you know, we know we're getting a Thor character. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be that that Thor character is, different already and that's why exactly the tree's different yes yes so that might be hinting at one of the future episodes right mm-hmm. um so uh also i was wondering if some of the similar story points are due to some concept of destiny in the mcu for instance somebody has to fall off that fucking train <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it was gonna be bucky she saved him 
somebody's gonna somebody's gonna become the super soldier and take the serum. Someone's gonna right. do it. Right. You know, I, I wonder if that's like a concept of destiny that Marvel is introducing, which would be pretty fucking cool because that would explain, you know, a lot in the multiverse. Like someone's always going to become the Scarlet Witch. Somebody is going mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. Spider-Man. If it's not Peter Parker, it's going to be Miles Morales. It's going to be somebody else. But there are certain things that are just destined to happen. Right. It's those Nexus events. Right. Right, exactly. So so there could be a shitload of tiny Nexus events instead of like one big one that we're thinking of every now and then, you know, almost anything like literally like, literally like Bucky falling off the train could be a Nexus event or somebody falling off the train. So to that, Joe, when Steve fell off the train, I got really fucking excited because I thought, oh, my God, what if Steve is going to be Captain Carter's Winter Soldier? Which, oh, what a concept that would be. Dude. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine? Oh, I fucking lost it. <laughs> and then I was like, and then a scene later, I was like, oh, no, he's just captured. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, how cool, right? Missed opportunity. I know. I know. They must. I mean, it all they that would have then sacrificed the dynamic of, oh, I owed this person a dance, you know, like longing for the past to go back. You know what I mean? Which I think is such a central, probably a more central, you know, point of of the Captain America mythology than having a Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. Amazing. Did you, did you think about that when he fell? I, you know what, I, the way my brain worked was, well, he's not a super soldier. So I, I was thinking, is he going to get frozen in ice down there? Mm. And I'm like, mm, like, was that his, his, this is how I'm going to be around 70 years from now moment. Right. Okay. That's where I kind of, my brain went. I, yeah. I like your direction much better because that would have been so insane. Steve Rogers as the winter soldier. Are you fucking kidding oh, me? Oh my God. <laughs> That, that's a fan friction that needs to be written right now. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I want to draw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, we got the Hydra Stomper armor, which is powered by the Tesseract, uh, courtesy of Howard Stark. Howard Stark also designs her Captain Carter costume, right? Mm-hmm. She's not a Captain Britain, though. No, although she ends up with a sword. She does, giving off very much King Arthur vibes, right? Very King Arthur vibes, and 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 um, there's definitely sword wielding by Captain Britain. So right, I'm not familiar with the character or his mythology or his story that much, but I do remember reading that they do weave the King Arthur uh, story into his right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's Excalibur that he wields. I mean, it's part of the reason why that was the got it. The X Men spinoff was Excalibur. Yeah, so when Peggy grabs the sword, I'm like, oh, shit, she's got a sword and shield. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I recently found out that I didn't know was that there's such a thing as a Captain Britain core. Like, yes, and I'm like to, the Green I don't Lantern know about it, but I know that it exists. Right, it's like the Green Lantern core, but instead of protecting the universe, they protect the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Which, holy shit, that fits in perfectly with what Marvel is doing right now. Yeah, it really uh, does. But I, I think they're hesitant to introduce Captain Britain and the Captain Britain Corps because they're probably not going to do anything with it anytime soon. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So why introduce it and then just kind of like leave it there, you know? Yeah. 
but I wonder if in Captain Carter's story at some point, if that is a thing that happens or that, you know, could happen. Um, I'm also dying to see Henry Cavill as Captain Britain, which probably won't ever happen, but goddamn, what a perfect piece of casting that would be. Yeah, it really should be. Like, yeah. that just needs to happen. Did you hear the recent reports that he, like, had to sit down with Marvel, and apparently Marvel does this with lots of actors? Oh, how did, what, did, what was the sit down? Just to come in and have a conversation and say, hey, I'm a fan of you. Hey, we're a fan of you. You know, what, what are some possibilities? Let's throw some characters out there. What would you like to... You know, is there is there something you'd like to play in terms of like a a type? Is there, you know, are you looking to be in every movie? Are you looking to be, you know, once in a while? Just kind of feel each other out and just see like what possibilities are there. Apparently Marvel does this all the times with like all the time with, with pretty well known actors. Well, and I guess the first I, I have heard about that, and I guess the first question they ask is how much do you know about Marvel? Like if you come to the if you come to the meeting not knowing much about Marvel you're not going to be in the meeting very long. Wow. Yeah. Like, really? to, yeah, that's what I've heard. I know that's definitely the case for writers and directors, but I also think it's a little bit of a case for not all actors, but if they're going to actually approach you and say, Hey, you know, ask that question about what you want to do. Um, you've got to have some ideas. You have to, you have to know what your, wow, what your options are. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a f- long way from, you know, trying to land some, <laughs> some some known but not well-known actors for the first lineup of Avengers, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for for Henry Cavill, he's not going to have a problem with it because he's a big old geek. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so, so now I want Rob Kaczynski. I want them to bring him in, Dude. give him something to do. Yeah. It's funny. I think up to this point. I mean, Scarlett Johansson is pretty well known, obviously Robert Downey Jr., but even Robert Downey Jr. sort of had a, a break in his career, right? Where he mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. really considered an A-list actor when he took on Iron Man. Um, but even like Mark Ruffalo was kind of like a more of a character actor. Uh, Chris Evans wasn't that well known. Chris, Chris Hemsworth was, was pretty new, was brand new practically. Uh, I think... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch was probably the most well-known A-list actor of the mm-hmm. current of the current Avengers or, or MCU lineup, right? Yeah, no, I, I would probably agree with that. And the, that, and him, and um, uh, I just had it. Oh, I was like, cool. ooh, I was like, ooh. No, there was somebody else that was really. Oh, um, uh, Samuel Jackson. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. But he wasn't the one I was just thinking of. Um, I mean Tom Paul, Holland. Oh no, oh. Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, you're right. Paul yeah, Rudd. Paul Rudd was pretty well known. Yes. coming in, which I think, which makes sense because there are we we can sell Captain America, we can sell Iron Man and Thor, Ant Man. Eh, let's at least get somebody that people have heard of before. That's De- a, Doctor yeah. Strange. We're gonna try some freaky stuff with this one. Let's get somebody we really know. So it makes kind of makes you can kind of see where they're going with it. That's a great point. Yeah, I agree with you. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, they did a great job, though. I feel like of like tapping like really young, relatively unknown talent for to become these like really iconic heroes in their universe, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you could make that argument because since you had brought up uh, Scarlett Johansson as being pretty well known, again, Black Widow, your your first female Avenger. Let's let's put somebody in there that'll have yeah, a draw. That's true. Yeah, I mean, shit. Uh, Edward Norton was almost Bruce Banner. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had he had some ideas though. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna drive this car, Marvel, and they're like, okay, bye, see ya. <laughs> yeah, no, actors actors really just shouldn't shouldn't drive cars <laughs> unless you're Ryan Reynolds. Unless you're Ryan Reynolds, and then yes, please. I re- yeah, it's funny. I really think that the landscape might be changing, similar to sports, where you know it was always like the owners and the GMs, you know, kind of decide everything. Uh, players just play, blah blah blah. That's not the case anymore, man. Like a lot of a lot of players now have a lot more say about their careers and where they go, and you know what, you know, getting out of contracts they don't want to be in and stuff like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if actors kind of go a similar route. Well, that's that's fair, and you certainly like. I don't think actors should ever have to do something that they're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But just have, having been on both sides of the the job, I mean, granted, it's not film, but I mean, as, artistically, but being on both sides of the job, um, it should be collaboration. And so, you definitely want to hear the the actors, and they're going to contribute good ideas and stuff. Yeah, but you've got a vision that you're going for and you want it to fit within that vision. And if they can't do that, then you really don't want to be fighting with them the entire time. True. Yeah. Good point. Um, so uh, back to what if one question that I had, Joe, does it seem to you like Marvel's a little bit inconsistent with who can hold the Tesseract and for how long? <laughs> um, yeah. Does that bother yeah. you at all? Cause that always stands out to me. But is it that they're holding, like, can they, I feel like they can just, I feel like anybody can hold it, but you try and do anything more with it while it's in your bare hands and you're going to have trouble. Like, I feel like that's the consistency. You think Red Skull tried to wield the power within and that's what fucked him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But he didn't just grab it to like, I'm going to toss it around like a a baseball because I'm bored. Like he, he picked it up because he had intention to use it. Because we've had so many people hold it now since then. And I'm like... You know, even there's there's a bit in, I think, the Avengers where for a brief second, for a brief moment, Fury, uh, Nick Fury grabs it, but it's like sizzling in his hand and he puts it down. He's like, ah, like he puts it in, in, a, in a suitcase, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, just holding it is going to have some effect of you, on you if you're just a normal human. And But apparently if you're a super soldier, you can just kind of grab it. And I don't know. But then I'm like, okay, but didn't Red Skull have some form of the super soldier serum in him? So why did he, you know, disappear into to, to Vormir? But I like your explanation. I wish Marvel would adopt that explanation because I think their explanations so far have been all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like there there is no consistency as far as explanations go. But like it, looking at the evidence, that, that would be the direction I would go with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because like – he and and I would say you know what I, just because um, Fury wasn't immediately intending to use it mm. doesn't mean that he didn't have a little bit of you know that background thought of this is a very Ooh. powerful artifact that I might be able to do something with oh no nope, like- my hand maybe not oh I love that why don't they make that canon that's great well I think Marvel just needs to start listening to our show because I think we have ideas right. <laughs> I think we have legitimate, and they can have them. I would like, uh, I would like to at least go to a premiere or two. Right. But they can have, they can have the ideas. That's a good one. They should take that one for sure. Um, um, yeah. So, did you have something else to say? I was gonna, I was gonna talk about Red Skull's fucking plan in this show. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so he's not trying to like outright dominate the world by creating weapons he's literally seeking hydra's champion he calls it 
from from another dimension, which is this creature, this interdimensional creature, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a different plan, different Red Skull plan in this version. Um, but the plan, I mean, I don't know if you could say it went well. He succeeds, and then it just crushes him unceremoniously. <laughs> which well, I, here's, I laugh yeah, out loud. It, it's hilarious, but here's the thing. It's got very – it must have happened somewhere in the comics that I just don't remember because this is a big plot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where Hydra was trying to get this interdimensional, like, Hydra god into our world. Like, it, it seems to be a reoccurring theme, so I am guessing that this has happened in the comic books at some point. Okay, are you? Can you see my notes? Because this is a whole section that I was going to ask you about. I was going to. Oh, really? You. I was going to prompt <laughs> you about it. Yeah, because because like I've you know in my mind, oh, okay, Marvel is introducing the concept of interdimensional beings, of which there are plenty in the Marvel comics, right? Okay. Um, maybe this is not a specific creature, but it is one of the you know what are they called um, many angled ones in in the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. comics um and and i think it's smart to just introduce this idea like oh yeah there are these interdimensional beings that we're gonna have to deal with at some point now that we have a multiverse and we have dr strange in place because he's the one that usually deals with this shit right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i saw some people suggesting maybe this is Cthone, the chaos demon i think it's people that are just still haven't moved on from wandavision thinking that yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely a Lovecraftian horror, but I don't think it's Cthulhu. Right. I, I think did, it's, yeah. Well, I did see a lot of people say, claiming or wanting it to be Shumagarath, and that is a Doctor Strange villain. Um, Shumagarath is tentacled, is huge and scary, is telepathic, though. So... Uh, you know, there are some people saying if it was Shuma Garath, then we would have heard the, its voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Shuma Garath is, however, rumored to be the villain of Multiverse of Madness. Ooh. Yes. Well, it did. It did. It did do that weird scream thing. Yes, that's true. Uh, so some people are saying that, and that's been a rumor that's been around for a while. Another rumor attached to that, Joe is that America Chavez is going to be in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And she apparently plays an important part because she's the person that Shimagarath is chasing through dimensions. Interesting. Is she a dimensional character have, in the comics? I have no fucking idea. Uh, but I, I found that kind of gossip shared on a few different websites. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to share it and see if any of you listeners have heard anything, or if you know about America Chavez and what her deal is, please let us know. I'd be super happy to read about this in the chat, in the Slack chat. Um, But then I came across the hive theory Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it has, there's an agents of shield connection apparently here, which I did not watch that show, but you did. I watched most of it. I didn't watch the last season and a half or so. What um, is the hive connection here? Well, that that was what they were going after in Agents of Sealed. Hydra was trying to go after this interdimensional creature that was worshipped by Hydra agents, and like it was like Hydra was a big cult before it was this weird Nazi agency, and so it 
was all about like going to this planet and rescuing this creature to bring it into our world to basically run Hydra. Okay, so there's time travel in Agents of Shield. Um, it wasn't time travel. They did a couple things where they did a what if universe where um all of a sudden everybody was different and it turned out that they were plugged into like a matrix type thing. Mm. So they did that and then they did this like dimensional hop where all of a sudden the, one of the characters, two of the characters, one of the characters was on this like weird planet and they were trying to find her, but she was lost on this planet. And that's, you know, when they brought her back, they brought back the hive. Okay. So hive is a being made up of lots of different creatures or is high. Cause the way I was sort of, the explanation that I saw was that it, it, it was a character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that becomes, that gets turned into this creature that's called Hive. Um, one of the agents takes over, well, one of the dead agents gets, uh, not uh, not agent, like one of the dead bad guys gets kind of possessed by the Hive. Got and it. so it becomes, the it basically uses his body for a host. Got and it. then um, mostly to keep the character <laughs> in in the, the or the oh, actor so. employed yeah yeah and um flash and we're looking at you cw flash we're looking at you <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah so it becomes like this thing where it can kind of like merge with other creatures and then you become part of that hive mind kind of situation got it, got it. and this is the whole hydro you know cut off one head and two grow in its place sort of thing yes Yes. Got it. So then this creature has existed for a long time and and that's the original inspiration for the Hydra society or whatever. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that the hive is what they're going for here because this tentacled creature is not the same thing. Hmm. Um I think they're but they are going for the same concept of Hydra has this creature that was worshipped pre-World War II. And was what created the Hydra cult in the first place. And then it developed into other things. Got it. Do you think this is that creature that inspired that cult, that Hydra cult or no? Yes. I think that's what, I think that's what they were at least going for. Got it. Okay. And this is why, this is what Red Skull was referring to as Hydra's champion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you now, this, go ahead. I don't know that this is ever going to have any, I, I, this is one of those things where I think it was a device uh-huh. A plot device. I don't know that we're going to have. I don't th- know that it's going to have ramifications going forward. I think it's a Mephisto. <laughs> just, just in that, like everybody's going to try and make it out to be something more than it is, and it's just what it is. Right. Like everyone's going to trying to call their sh- trying to be calling the shot of when we're going to see this creature again, and we're probably never going to see it again. Right. And you know, uh, I'm all about calling the shot. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to throw it out there because I want to be right one of these times. <laughs> but I don't right. think this is one of those. Okay. So it got Peggy to where she is now, of course, because she makes the sacrifice at the end of the episode, uh, pushes the this tentacled creature back into its dimension and gets trapped there after promising Steve's dancing lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the way they brought her into present day 
by having her take the place of Loki from Avengers, the beginning of Avengers one. Right. I thought that was pretty interesting. Did we? Okay. So I don't remember. Why did Loki come out of the portal opened by the Tesseract? So um, the Tesseract activates itself. They don't, they're not planning to do that. It had in the beginning of the, the opening moments of Avengers one, uh, the Tesseract has been causing these earthquakes and they're in the process of um, evacuating the shield facility. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some people are going down to see what the fuck is going on with that thing. And, other, and everyone else is trying to get the hell out of there. And so when they go down and they're, they're, you know, Hawkeye's there, Nick Fury's there, and they're going, what is this thing doing? And Dr. Um, Se- uh, was the crazy dude from Thor. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He uh, he's going. It just started doing this shit. I don't know what the hell's going on with it. We didn't touch it, you know. And then it comes to life and it zaps open this portal, and all of a sudden Loki's sitting there with his staff. So that's that. Those are the opening moments of Avengers One. Um, it's not something that they're doing to it actively in that moment, doing to the Tesseract. Uh, but obviously it was Loki's plan to show up in that moment to, you know, sort of enact his plan, right? Or, and we're and we're guessing that he could do that. He could activate the space stone because he had the mind stone? That's a great fucking question. I don't know. Like uh, again, that always that always kind of bothered me. It's kind of like, okay, so why why did the Tesseract all of a sudden open a portal that Loki came out of? Well, somebody says, I think it was Hawkeye who points out if it's a door, then it can be opened on the other side as well. And maybe somebody's trying to open the door on that side. Mm, which I don't would know make what, sense if he has yeah. the mind stone that maybe he could true true or it could be the fact that you know thanos has had the wait has he had the test wreck at that point i don't think he has no mm-hmm. he had the mind stone yeah no yeah that's a good that's a good question maybe it's a little mini plot hole there um but yeah in this for at the end of this episode peggy carter shows up uh and so now she's in contact with our Nick Fury and our Hawkeye from the beginning of Avengers one, which is pretty fucking cool because although I know in the, in the next episode we're getting um, T'Challa's star Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. But I wonder if at the end of that episode, we're going to end up in a similar place. What do you mean? Like he's going to also show up in, our, in, in the same timeline that Peggy Carter ended up in at the end of her episode. Right. I wonder if they're going to, I wonder if they're going to, we're going to get a little mini infinity war kind of thing. Yes, I think so. Like where, where we're actually going to see what would have happened in infinity war. If these were the Avengers, I think it's going to be more along the lines of age of apocalypse where this is not supposed to be. And we have to do our part to end this, this reality in this timeline. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. I absolutely think that's what it's going to be. But I think the thing that brings them together is going to be something along the lines of... Thanos wielding the gauntlet? Thanos wield, wielding the gauntlet. Got it. Got it. And and we had a... Just today, we had a little comment. Um, Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea and um, Disney Forever and Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop and As the Dice Roll because Katie basically has to be involved in every single podcast that we have on this network. Otherwise, it just won't be successful. Because she's awesome. Because um, she's awesome. Uh, so anyway, she she posted that she just watched The Infinity War and she's like, I like 
Star Lord's not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, she's just like like, and I said no. I completely blame him for the Infinity for uh, he he is the cause of Endgame. Like if he hadn't just stuck yeah. to the plan, he it would have been fine. And so it'll be interesting if if he's not the character that is Star Lord, then it's very possible that if it kind of ends up around the same situation, T'Challa doesn't freak out and cause them to not get the gauntlet mm. you know it yes. might be it's a shorter story yeah it's a much shorter story because you yes. don't get endgame i maintain you know because they've also acknowledged that there are going to be characters and scenarios from this what if series that will probably make their way to live action at some point in the future oh wow so i maintain that this is a great option for marvel wanting to phase out certain actors that they don't want to deal with uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, because part of our conversation was it doesn't help that star lord um is not the 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 best of characters like he just makes stupid decisions yeah and then when when the actor involved <laughs> is also sus then yep. It, it, you know, it makes yep. it like not pleasant to watch them. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I think Marvel is becoming increasingly aware of that. And I think it's factoring into their decisions. Um, you know, why they would, why they just cast Aquafina in Shang-Chi. We'll see how that, what kind of effect that has on the box office along with other things. But um, yeah, my, my question about, Peggy Carter showing up where she did at the end of the episode is, is she going to connect with old man, Steve? I think it's definitely a possibility um, because Steve did, did uh, connect with old lady Peggy. So (laughs) it's very possible. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Uh, So that, I mean, that was the first episode of what if I thought, there, you know, um, there was uh, low key a lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. A lot going on. What did you think about the choice uh, of making Bucky a lot more quippy and like funny in this in this version? Um, I I think it's fine because I don't know that they knew where they were going with the character when they did. Um, oh my goodness! Like it's just like this is like. The background sounds from hell episode. <laughs> hey man, we live in the world, all right? We do, we do. And Ollie has a lot to say. He's very upset at I'm guessing either somebody walking their dog or a mail delivery. It's one of those two things. And he has a lot he has an, he has opinions. Um what was I saying? You're- oh, uh, Bucky. I, I don't think they knew what they were doing with the character when they first introduced him. Huh. Okay. And I think they, they were looking at he's going to be the Winter Soldier, and the Winter Soldier is dark and brooding and not terribly fun to be around. <laughs> and so why would we make the original Bucky like quippy and interesting when that's not the character he's ever going to be? And then once they had the Winter Soldier and they're like, this is kind of a great character. And they have that moment with you. You know that so much of what has happened since Civil War 
is because of the chemistry between Sebastian Stan and um, Anthony. Um, Anthony Mackie. Mackie. Yeah. Because they have such a great chemistry, that is why we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have gone in, uh, you know, we wouldn't have still gotten Falcon Captain America, yeah. but it wouldn't have gone in this direction if it wasn't for the chemistry between those two actors. Right. And so once they saw, oh my God, the, the comedy potential with this like buddy cop pairing, now they can go back and make what if Bucky just as as snarky because that's where the character eventually goes. Yeah. I I, I kind of felt maybe I'm I'm wrong here and I'm just, you know, kind of like uh taking a much more optimistic <laughs> point of view, but I kind of felt like it was a love letter to the Bucky fans uh that we finally get a you know a a Bucky Barnes in the MCU that is free from all the trauma that he experienced that has made him such a dark character, such a dark brooding character, you know, right, like right. this is Bucky Barnes without all of that shit. And just like being a little more happy, go lucky, a little more funny and optimistic and, you know, getting, getting to, to experience his life and his existence without all the horrible shit that happened to him. Yeah, because he does not have a nice life in the MCU. Oh, like, dude. like he is even a- even when Steve tracks him down on his first mission and rescues him, he's already being experimented on. Yeah. He's already in that fucking chair. Like they're already turning him into the Winter Soldier. Right. That so, well that's the whole reason why he survived the drop from the plant the train exactly. was because he you know, he was one of the few that had some sort of super soldier serum that worked and stuck. Mm-hmm. Um just the, the 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 interconnectivity of all of this shit is so amazing. Yeah. Again, just the idea that we have a what if that is purposefully canon in the Marvel universe is just mind-boggling to me. Um I mean, we're we're old school comic nerds and it's boggling our minds. Can you imagine somebody who didn't grow up reading comics and they're just like, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing they're, they're, they're just kind of like, Oh, this is a really cool idea. But for right. us, it's like, we see, we see white vision and like they say, see white vision. And they're like, Oh, that's a really cool idea. Like, that's kind of crazy. That's how they're going to bring it back. And we're like, we, we just like, is that really the white? Vi- <laughs> like what, where are we? Like yeah. what has happened <laughs> to the world that we are getting an entire series where the Scarlet Witch is actually being given full character development as opposed oh. to like, do you remember how many cartoons? Do you remember Force Works? Oh, God. Do you Force remember that Works. cartoon? <laughs> yeah. Where it was just like, she just had a really bad accent and there was no purpose for her to be there. Oh, God, Force Works. <laughs> and I'm not talking the comic book. I'm talking about the, the Saturday morning cartoon. That's a deep dive, man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> like, like it was, it was, <laughs> it's like, how do we take the West coast Avengers and make them more awkward and irrelevant? <laughs> that yep. was force works, both yep. in the comics and in the cartoon. <laughs> oh man. I can't wait to see how they are interpreting that energy into this whole series because we're getting what? Nine episodes. 
we're getting nine episodes. Yeah, and it's and I do. They still haven't confirmed that it's all connecting, but they're being really kind of like you know, winky winky about it. I think it, it's we're getting a, a fully interconnected story for sure. It's it's all connecting. There's no there's no way because they show the characters interacting. Yeah. So there's just no way that it's not interconnecting. But uh, I want to know what character we get from Zombie Marvel. Oh yeah, that's I can't believe we're getting a Zombie Marvel. Like I, I mean, we're getting the cart. I like we're getting the universe. I am guessing we're getting some sort of crazy character from that. But what kind of what kind of horribly like <laughs> <laughs> knowing life we're gonna get. We're gonna get the the zombie Marvel Hawkeye, who oh, just, God. just just had everything bad go wrong with him because <laughs> poor Jeremy Renner. <laughs> like, like, that's like what what character is the most like put upon in this entire universe is probably Hawkeye. We're probably gonna get mm. zombie zombie universe Hawkeye for sure. Bank on it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's Hawkeye. the shot I'm calling in this episode. All right. On that note, I know you have a hard stop coming up. Yes. Um, are there any um, last thoughts on this? Or, um, I think for me, I just I'm looking forward to see where it goes. Unlike the other series, I feel like I'm not. It doesn't. It doesn't have to do anything for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm already on board because this is so just far out of there. Like it doesn't have to accomplish anything as far as I'm concerned. I just want to be entertained by it. Which if I, I feel like I started to get with Loki, where I'm like, this is fun, but I, it doesn't have to perform for me. Mm-hmm. Where the first two, I'm like, I, I have expectations. <laughs> In this one, I just, I just want to be entertained. Yeah. Yeah. How about Same. you? Same. It's just it's pure gravy at this point, you know. Um, maybe because it's animated, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm looking forward to enjoying the ride. Basically, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, let us. I shut down my computer, so of course, again, <laughs> all ready to do the closing episode. Do you guys have? Do you have any uh, any shoutouts? It's shout-outs I'm just thank it's, you. It's, it's really a continuation from the shout out that I started to give at the beginning of this episode. Um, shout out to Adam Hughes, one of my favorite comic book artists of all time, illustrators period of all time. Um, and uh, all his followers who decided to join my, my feed on Twitter <laughs> and engage. It made for a very, very interesting end of my week. So uh, shout out to, to everyone, including Adam. I really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. And I do want to, as my shout out, just yes, go back to uh, check out our extra life stream on the 21st. Uh, send us messages if you need more info. I'm very excited. I really, really want to play some D&D and uh, like for a good cause. It's like there's no there's no losing here. <laughs> Come watch it. It's probably going to be a four or five hour stream, but it's worth it. So. All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It's being used under a Creative Commons license. You may you can find more music at bensound.com. geek to is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob, and our newest podcast, Farming Simulated which is a podcast with Todd and Bamashox about uh, about Farming Simulator 
and they just love this game and they are everybody they play it with gets hooked so <laughs> so i'm just throwing like i was we had we recorded a, a what is not yesterday and i was talking to todd and he's like so excited because they introduced a new module in there where you can like check the nitrates of the soil that you're farm like like this thing what? is deep like if you have ever wanted to run a farm this video game is for you and this podcast cast will will help you be successful in this game. I don't know how game developers find ways to make these uh, concepts entertaining, but God bless them. They're really good at what they yes. do. <laughs> yes. And uh, also check out our stream. Of course, we just mentioned Bama Shock, but check out our other Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Troidal Power, and now Gein. He is a new streamer for us. He's been he's been a part of the network. He's done a lot for the network, but now he is, uh, I think, officially one of our streamers. So check him out. Make sure to check out our Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time and see our, our true feelings about Chris Pratt and Star-Lord. <laughs> you can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Ray, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ray Vargas three. That's Ray Vargas and the number three, which is my username just about everywhere. If you want to check out my artwork, you can go to rayvargas com. Awesome. Next week, we are planning to finally sit down with Raven and talk about all the stuff that keeps getting taken away from us because the creators are awful. <laughs> um, but you know, who knows? We could, we could just come back and talk about more. What if, but you know, no matter what it is, it will be entertaining, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> hopefully you find us entertaining, otherwise you wouldn't be considering continuing to listen. But until then, remember this week, keep it geek.